This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. More than 33 million Americans were watching the Supreme Court announcement this past week, and many of those were watching the Fox News channel. If you were one of them, you saw my guest today. She's an anchor, reporter, and Supreme Court aficionado. Hmm. She is Shannon Bream. Welcome. Great to be with you, Bill. How's this whole New York thing working out for you? Uh, It's cold here. It's cold in Washington. It's You're great. cold everywhere. I'm cold everywhere. Um, I love New York. There is such a great energy here. And I really think people are so kind and helpful on the streets. Mm. They help you when you get lost. They'll carry your luggage. It's a friendly place. I'm, I'm glad you find it that way because I feel the same. I do. But this isn't about New York. This is about you. So we'll, we'll get to 22 questions in a moment. Okay. Um, so get nervous. Right, tense Already up. there. And you're in New York for several months mm-hmm. uh, working with uh, America's Newsroom, mm-hmm. To 11. Mm-hmm. Martha's doing the 7 p.m. show. Mm-hmm. So it's really great to have you. And, Thank you so and I much. want to extend again a warm welcome to you. Okay. I want to take our listeners behind the curtain of the U.S. Supreme Court and maybe behind the scenes of this past week for you and the announcement of Judge Gorsuch. But I think you work in what I would consider a secretive world when it comes to the Supreme Court. That is true. Right? It is a tough nut to crack because, you know, being in Washington, there are leaks all over Capitol Hill. People leak information they want you to have. People leak information the opponents don't want you to have. I mean, it's very easy. I wouldn't say easy. It's much easier to get information on the Hill. The Supreme Court is on lockdown. You've got clerks there, but if they're ever caught leaking anything to you, it's the end of their legal career. Really? Yeah. And so it's a very tough nut to crack. And you really, I've been there 10 years and I now have a couple of good sources, but it takes time. How do you think President Trump kept it a secret until the very end? You know he's great at stagecraft. He is all about producing. And I think that he um, let enough misdirection be out there as well. And the White House wasn't correcting it. I did have one source when we were told there were two judges in town. One source told me, no, that's that's not accurate. Uh, we probably just have the one. They wouldn't say the name Gorsuch, but I had a different source who would give me the name Gorsuch. So I think the White House really kept it on lockdown. They didn't tell the lawmakers, people you would mm-hmm. think would know, until an hour before the announcement. Do you think your source, you trust your source clearly. Mm -hmm. Do you think your source knew? Or do you think President Trump kept them in the dark? I think the source knew, but the caveat all along is they helped me whittle down the names, and they were accurate the whole way through, was that this is a president unlike any other, so the information I'm giving you is the best that I know. Direct line to him, this is what I think. But at the end, this is a guy who could give us the ultimate head fake. He knows how to do this, and he's very much somebody who goes off his gut with these decisions. So we think it's down to these three or four, and then it was down to these two, and we think this is the one. But until that person walks out with him, Hedge your bets. Mm. Uh, let me come back to that in a moment here. You're a lawyer, too. Okay, I correct. Uh, a recovering lawyer? Is that I like you? to say recovering. I think Megan says that, too. I do. So you were in the corporate world. You came to TV. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an interesting path because I think in, in a way, like a lawyer is, there's a certain performance art to what a lawyer does and a certain performance art to what we do. But do you remember the first time you stepped inside of the U.S. Supreme Court? I do. 
Uh, I was so awed by the place. It's not a big courtroom if you've ever been in there, but it is so ornate. You're very close to the justices because there aren't a lot of seats there. And so I remember walking in to cover a huge terrorism case when I just joined Fox. This was one of those cases that went back and forth to the lower courts. The the Supreme Court had heard portions of it before. It was so complicated and I'd spend days trying to figure it out. So there were a lot of nerves for me walking to the courtroom. I I just wonder, is it different because you're a lawyer? I remember the first time I went in there and I was there with a girlfriend of mine who was a lawyer and she mm. was she was a German lawyer and she was she was in all of the place. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, is it is it different for attorneys when they walk into that space? I think about it because I see the advocates who go up to the lecterns and make their arguments and think there's no way in the world I'd ever want to do that How because come? these are the nine nine of the most brilliant legal minds you're ever gonna face. If there's a hole in your argument and listen, people go through practice arguments scores of times before they ever get there. But if there's anything you missed, one of those nine is not going to miss it. And so you have to know your argument inside and out. You have to know the opposing counsel's argument inside and out. And sometimes they take you on rabbit trails in places you don't mm-hmm. want to go. Uh, and you just have to hang on for your 30 minutes at the lectern and uh, do the best you can for your clients. I, I think that when it comes to establishing a country that's functioning... You have to have a judicial process that works and that people trust. I think people from all over the world, when they step inside those marble chambers, it is marble, right? I think it is. granite? (laughs) It's something hard and stony. Hard and stony, correct. (laughs) Um, When they step foot inside there, they realize the power of a functioning democratic government that works. Mm -hmm. That is so powerful. It is. And it's the only place I tell people always in Washington that starts on time without fail. When that clock, when that second hand hits 10 o'clock straight up, because that's when arguments always start, there is a buzzer, all rise, everybody stands up, the nine justices walk in and they get down to business. It does not matter who is in the audience, Uh, senators, cabinet members, presidents, they wait for no one and they start on time. I was there one time when they started maybe 30, 45 seconds late. And that was a signal to us that there was something wrong. And that morning, uh, Justice Scalia had either gotten a, a, a traffic ticket or was in a little fender bender. <laughs> so that's why they started all of 45 seconds late. But, man, it's it's a right, place that, that re- runs. That's remarkable. Yeah. So um, President Trump and Neil Gorsuch met apparently at Trump Tower a few months back. Mm-hmm. It's been reported that is when candidate Trump made up his mind. Do we believe mm-hmm. that to be true? I think that he was still struggling, uh, at least within, you know, he, there was a little bit of time past that where he was listening to other advocates for other people, including Judge Pryor and Judge Hardiman. Uh, those were very strong voices for him because, you know, Judge Hardiman serves with the president's sister on the Third Circuit. She was a big advocate for him. And Senator Sessions, who was a big advocate for Judge Pryor out of Alabama. And so I think that he was getting a lot of incoming counsel. And the, these people have cheerleaders that will lobby the president. Uh, we know that's how it always works behind the scenes, but he did have a connection and such esteem for Judge Gorsuch that I think he it was his to lose. Mm. But the justices are not in session now. Yes, they take breaks. I mean, they're, they're considered they, in session. What do they do? There is so much research and writing that goes into every opinion they have. So they'll hear cases for a couple of weeks, then they're off for a couple of weeks. But they're not off. I mean, they're writing, they're researching, they're drafting do opinions. They, do they show up at the office? Yeah. Or? 
Yeah, they do. I mean, some of them will, you know, travel or work from somewhere else. But, but yeah, I mean, it takes hours, weeks to craft some of these opinions. I mean, they're intricate. They're arguing back and forth with each other. You know, they have an initial vote the Friday after they hear cases. Those votes can change because if you start writing a dissent that is really powerful and you can get some other people on board, maybe it turns into the majority opinion. Hmm. So there's constant lobbying. There's writing. There's researching. There's always work going on, even if they're not hearing cases. So they are trying to convince mm-hmm. each other? It works sometimes. Yeah. Before the ruling is issued. Right. They take that initial vote and then the writing begins and that writing is lobbying. They'll send things back and forth to uh, people they think may be on the fence or say, hey, if I include this point or this line of reasoning, can I buy, get your vote to come over with me? Uh, you know, so there's a lot of horse trading that goes on. So Scalia and Ginsburg were tight. Great. Best friends. Right, and they would go out to dinner mm-hmm. and they go to house parties mm-hmm. and they were they were they went to the opera. They loved to cook. So during those social events, they would they would obviously talk about cases mm-hmm. before them. Mm-hmm. So that would have been an opportunity to lobby the other person. Right. Right. It goes on endlessly. It really does until that final vote is made. And, you know, when we covered the initial Obamacare case, that was a classic example of the fact that there were two very uh, distinct factions there. And both of them were trying to win over the chief justice. And for a long time, the conservatives felt that he was on board with them. Uh, But there was another opinion being drafted, and that's where he eventually ended up. And there's so much behind the scenes back and forth that happened with that, that it was a prime example of how people can be swayed back and forth until they sign off on that final thing and put their name on there and it's printed in and comes out from the printing office, which, by the way, they do all their printing in-house because they don't want to take a chance that anybody gets their hands on these Mm. opinions. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth that happens before we get the decision. The relationships are very interesting. That's what I think. Okay, now, Monday of this past week, all right, we'll set it up for our listeners. We both saw the tweet. Uh, President Trump's going to announce his decision Tuesday night, January 31st, 8 o'clock p.m. And that sends you into overdrive because Mm -hmm. you want to know who Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And in this secretive world, how or to whom do you reach out for guidance? Well, I reached out to the number one source who had been accurate, we felt, all the way along through this process, and a couple of others I knew that weren't as connected, but they were still connected to the process. Because these are people who are being asked for their opinions along the way, saying, what do you think of this person? What are the fallacies with this person? So they were very much involved in the process the whole way. We also start to do things like look at the home chambers where these judges practice to see if they showed up for work, if they have arguments on the bench or they there that day. Um, you know, some people will stake out in their neighborhood to see if they're around. Was there a lot of reporting on that on Monday and Tuesday? Yeah, we actually tried to, but I don't think either of the two courts were in session on the bench. Uh, Judge Hardiman or Judge Gorsuch, we were always led to believe it was down to those two the last week or so. But they wouldn't have been on the bench on Monday, so we couldn't check to see if they didn't call in and sick and didn't mm. show up for work. Uh, but you always are, are hoping you'll get a tip from a train station, an airport, anywhere that somebody would recognize one of these judges. So you head to Penn Station here in Manhattan. You jump the train and you go down and you sit in front of a marble building Mm -hmm. or a granite building. It's hard and stony. (laughs) (laughs) We're going with that for now. So it's Tuesday night, 8.02 p.m. East Coast time. President Trump walks into the East Room of the White House. What was your first reaction? 
I normally they walk down the hall with the person they're going to nominate, and he walked down the hall alone. So I thought, darn it, I'm not even going to get eyes on who this is, so I can have a jump start before he even says the name. And you know, he did that very dramatic flourish of of bringing in Judge Gorsuch and his wife from the side. That's a little different than what we've seen in the past. So I want any kind of indication I could get. And when he walked out alone, I thought, oh no, where are we going with this? How's he going to mm. do it? I thought there was a chance he might bring out two people and talk about them. I know. Them. <laughs> and right? say, will you accept this robe? Yeah, you know, and know. pick one of them. As opposed to the rose, right. Uh, does he get confirmed? I think ultimately he does. One way or another, I think he does. He's got such impeccable credentials. You know the Senate has passed him unanimously back in 2006. There was no objection. A lot of those same senators are there now. Feinstein, Schumer. Mm -hmm. Um, President Obama was uh, a senator then, and so was Hillary Clinton. So this guy has passed the test before. They'll say he now has 10 years on the bench. we got to look through his record. Um, But listen, he's got a sterling resume. It will be tough for the left to say he's not qualified. You Mm -hmm. may disagree with him, but it's going to be tough to say not qualified. My feeling is that the vote from 11 years ago, 95 nothing. That That's eleva- not happening again. Elevated him will be a big part of this argument in this mm-hmm. debate. Okay, 22 questions a moment, but I want to get to one last question here. When there was a court ruling, right, and we come to you live at the court, and you're speed reading through thick legal documents and decisions, what's your strategy? Do you have a method where you need to go to find out what information you're looking for. The first couple of pages are not actually part of the opinion. They're a synopsis that's prepared so that you can have a little bit of a summary. But if you get through that, you can quickly see who voted with who. And if you know the case well enough, usually that will tell you which direction to go. I learned a good trick from our former colleague, Greta Van Susteren, a very accomplished attorney who said, turn to the dissent first. If you see who you have on the dissent, who is angry about this decision, that'll give you a ton of direction too. And that's Mm. always been a good tip. But you have that synopsis on the front. And sometimes even the synopsis is so confusing and wonky and wordy. It takes you a minute to digest. But if you can look at who voted with who, that's your best first clue. Wow, Greta gave you that. I know. She's so brilliant. got to go to Greta. Okay, here we go, guys. Cue the music. We're going to do a little 22 questions with Shannon Breen. I'm scared. All right. Are you ready? I'm scared. I told you to get nervous. All right, here we go. I know I am. All right. Favorite monument in Washington, D.C.? I love the World War II Memorial. I love it. And if you are if you spend any time there, it's gorgeous. You'll always run into a vet. And it's amazing to see these older gentlemen and sometimes women and just be able to say thank you. Wow. Powerful. All right. Favorite thing to do on the weekend? Mm, uh, I would say go for a run. But listen, is, is anything I can do to spend time with my husband's number one. I like it. Sheldon, right on. What's your guilty pleasure? Hmm. I found some gluten-free chocolate chip cookies that are delicious. They're not, though, sugar or calorie-free. They're delicious, and it's easy to eat a full bag. You're allowed. Favorite Supreme Court justice? Way too Sophie's Choice. Can't go there. (laughs) What's the coolest thing in your house? Coolest thing in my house? I have a pair of autographed boxing gloves from Sugar Ray. That works. That's probably the the coolest thing. What's the coolest thing in your office? Um, <laughs> it's a disaster in there. So that's all right. You know what? I do have a bobblehead of Justice Thomas. All right. What's your favorite board game? Uh, I'm not a board game person. None mm. of the above. Is that bad? Pictionary? Monopoly? You know what? Reach, I do. I do. Back. I do love a Pictionary. Okay. That right can get on. heated. I like that. Bottled water or tap water? In New York, I find the tap is delicious. Otherwise, is. I do bottled. What's your first website you visit in the morning? Mm, I'm not going to lie, probably Hootsuite. That's where I can read um, Twitter, Facebook, everything in one place. Wow, I was going to ask, Facebook or Twitter? I'm much more a Twitter person, but I try to feed the Facebook beast also. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite app? Starbucks. Mm. 
You know, you know, because I order ahead in the morning. So I, when I walk into the Starbucks and you're, you're right. in line, I just skip the whole line and go and I sit it's waiting there for me. There's another question that says Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, but I already know that. There you, you go. I see you there every morning. Washington, D.C. or New York City? Mm, I feel like Washington is, I'm in love with Washington. I'm married to Washington, but I got a big crush on New York. Mm, How about that? Favorite, good. Favorite holiday? Ooh, probably Christmas. What time did you get up this morning? Uh, 4.55 How many? How many emails do you get a day? Uh, hundreds. Too many. If you were to binge watch a series, name that series. I love The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. You should watch it. It's hilarious. I'll give it a shot. It's good. All right. Favorite restaurant in Washington, D.C.? Oh, my gosh. Chef Jess, probably, um, which is owned by uh, Nora O'Donnell's husband, Jeff. He has a fabulous uh, slew of restaurants. That's one of my faves. We've heard that before. Favorite restaurant in New York City? Ooh, uh, that is really difficult. I'm still getting to know All right. favorites around here. You want here. to take a pass I, on that? I like Nobu, but I'm also addicted to Pret, which is just a, a quick pickup kind of place I eat there every day. And it's convenient. Best book you've ever read? Well, you know, I listen, Bible aside, because that's always going to be my you can guiding that. light. That is going to be my thing. I read a fantastic book called Same Kind of Different as Me that is about a guy who befriends a homeless man in Dallas. It's a real story, and it's being made into a movie right now. It is life-changing. It's wow. an amazing book. Name again? Same Kind of Different as Me. Favorite seafood? Uh, shrimp. You're a Florida girl. I, have I to am, because it's hard to decide. Who was the greatest rock and roll band of all time? <gasps> Listen, I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s, so I know people are not going to like my answer, but you know, I love Chicago. They were for many decades. I love horns and brass, and they just did it That's the okay. best. That's okay. Any answer is acceptable. Okay, good. Do you prefer music or lyrics? I am very, very moved by music. I write a little bit myself, too, and um, I, I think music gets me more than lyrics. I like it. What is the best thing about the Fox News Channel? Working with Bill Hemmer, 9 to 11 a.m. for the first 100 days of the administration. Oh Five bucks on the way up. <laughs> Shannon Bream, there she is. Great to have you here. Thank you, Bill. You bet. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.